Welcome to the Exploring Podcast. My name is Corin Young here at RK Studios, and uh, we have our second episode of 2022 here, and I'm excited to bring in a friend of mine who I talked to on social media a lot for the last few years, <laughs> but we haven't spoken a lot in person, so it was actually cool to, to catch up again, but this is my friend, Emily Adele. Hi. Hi. Well, thank you. Welcome. So uh, we have a, a bunch of uh, connections, which is, which is always fun to talk about. Uh, I first met you, it was about five years ago mm -hmm. for my 20 year high school reunion. I was on the reunion committee and I had a bunch of friends there and we were That's looking right. for, um, uh, you know, somebody was in charge of booking the venue. Someone had to find a DJ, someone had to find, you know, different things. And Alicia Moore, yeah. uh, who was on a reunion committee and a good friend, someone who I actually do remember, one of the few people I remember from high school said, you know what? We have a photographer in the family. My aunt can do it. <laughs> And we're like pushing 40 and I'm thinking her aunt is going to be like in her 60s or something <laughs> like that. And I, you were probably like in your late 20s yeah, or something. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the aunt. And you show up, you know, taking pictures. And so it was cool to, to talk about, you know, photography and stuff. And, and we connected on that. And um, at the reunion might have been the first time that we actually met. I think so. I knew about you for years. And Yeah. And you said, are you Dennis's kid? <laughs> And I was like, how the heck do you know my dad? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. But yeah. He's one of mine too. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, we share that in common. I thought that was really funny because I knew all about you. I've seen photos, heard like family stories and everything. And I was like, oh, wow. So you exist in real life. That's cool. Uh, yeah. How'd you know my dad? Yeah. Well, I worked with him for a couple of years at a biomedical like manufacturer. He was one of my first bosses and he was awesome. He was always just like really hypey and I would like teach him Excel like shortcuts and he was just a really great kind boss you like, know he's used excel for many years like he actually taught me how to do stuff with spreadsheets and probably like fostered my love of like data yes. i'm always like i'm very analytical and stuff but you said that you taught him like shortcuts and stuff so you probably learned all the newest like yeah keys and whatever yeah back in the day so it was a it was a smaller company and i was the only person who was manning the finance like financial analysis department i was kind of a one-man band and so every in your early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I just showed up. I had studied finance at the university and I just wanted to do that. And I was already working there. And yeah, your dad was in charge of all the accounting. He was mm -hmm. controller. And then I remember every day I would like push myself to learn an Excel shortcut. I would just write down on my whiteboard whatever I was doing. Like I remember one time we had 100 departments and I wanted to change all of the colors of the tabs. And I'm like, there has to be a keyboard shortcut for this. And I remember my motivation was because I had read this stat that if you learn the keyboard shortcuts, you're 80% faster in Excel. That's yeah. a huge stat. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to learn all of them. So I just remember like, I think to clear a tab color is alt H O T N. I'm pretty sure. You still remember. Yeah, all it's of ridiculous because I used to write it on my whiteboard and then just commit it to memory. And then I would just have all these like useless things. I don't even use Excel anymore. I use Google Sheets now. You know, okay. So I was going to ask you um, I had Microsoft Office up until recently okay. because uh, I, I teach at College of the Canyons and the adjunct faculty was getting like free Microsoft Office. <laughs> my apps just stopped working. And we have to use like Office 365 online, which mm -hmm. is like, why bother? I've got Google Google Docs. 
do do the shortcuts still work or you have no. to learn all new ones? No, absolutely not. So Lame. when I first started working with a company called Brain Jolt, I remember the first time I sent a, an Excel attachment and Abraham, one of the co-founders was like, never send me an Excel attachment again, please. We use Google Sheets. I was like, okay, challenge accepted. He wasn't being mean. He was just like, I cannot handle this. I'm on a Mac and it just doesn't work. So I was like, all right, it's the time. I'm going to convert to Google Sheets and none of that knowledge that I had from the shortcuts, none of it worked. And at the time, Google Sheets, it was really cool in terms of collaboration, but it didn't have all of the same capabilities as Excel. But shortly I became a convert and like now it's my favorite. Now I can't even, I can't even go back. Yeah. You know, by the way, <laughs> unrelated, we'll, we'll go back to all that stuff, but my TikTok uh, for you page is full of like photography <laughs> hacks and like, uh, Here's how to do something in Adobe Premiere, Photoshop. I, I bet you can get like really popular showing like uh, oh. Excel shortcuts. Oh, yeah. Have you not? Wait, 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 wait. Is your For You page full of Excel uh, shortcuts? Yeah. What yes, a dork. Okay. <laughs> Have you not been down Excel TikTok? Not like, at all. Not oh, at man. all. I, I've got so... photography and video stuff. Oh, and... no, no, no. You, you know, and all you have to do is like, like I don't know, three videos and you're going to be there. So, no, it's so cute and cool. And I still maintain, I think I was born like 10 years too early. I really wish that I had been in like the peak of TikTok and creating this content because, man, I, I, I think I could really have a career in Excel TikTok. It's so much fun. You're you're still very <laughs> social media savvy. You you mentioned that you uh, worked uh, for, for Brain Jolt. Brain Jolt Media, is that right? Like yes. They, they, so you were doing, they do all kinds of like viral yeah. videos. Are they uh, are they on TikTok and Instagram and Yes, everywhere? yes. So gosh, what has Brain Jolt not done? I mean, they've been everywhere. So an, initially they were in the blog space. So mm -hmm. 22words.com, which is really funny. One of the co-founders founded that. And then that's kind of our viral website with really interesting trending content and kind of like lists. Like, have you ever seen those like 37 gadgets that every yeah, yeah. grown person needs. Yeah, the, I, I haven't seen that list, but yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> well, you should, because there's probably some gadgets on there you need. Uh, but not too much. No, yeah. They, yeah, they've they've explored all the way through Instagram. We did one time, we had millions, of, well, we still do millions and millions of fans on Instagram for various brands. Also, Snapchat is really huge now. Mm -hmm. And actually, we're just diving into TikTok, because I think I read this stat the other day that something like 67% of all TikTokers have bought some Thing from TikTok. No kidding. Yeah, just for, have you ever? I, I get ads every now and then for something. But not even ads. I mean, just like one of your favorite TikTokers. Wait, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that one of your video TikToker things have influenced you to purchase some kind okay, of equipment. Okay, so you're right. So it's, it's not right off the bat with, um, like with the ads, like uh, I'll get uh, a video that's like, oh, you got to see this thing I just bought on Amazon. Uh -huh. And as soon as I see that it's a sponsored thing and it's like an ad, I'm like, nope, I'm not falling for that. Like, I don't even want to see it if right. it's not someone that's actually supposed to be on my yeah. For You page. But sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, well, wait a minute, this actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. And I'll go to Amazon's website or whatever. I'll look into it and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look nearly <laughs> as cool as they said. I realize whenever they say there's a link in the description, they've got some kind of affiliate link set up and they're getting Yeah, yeah you know, which is cool, man. Like, click on it. Buy it. Come on, man. Like, it's cool. Well, are you hawking stuff? on there too <laughs> i'm not personally but i remember let me think the last 
thing I bought from being influenced on TikTok. Oh, I remember. This is fun. It's like this soap, this foaming soap that it has a mechanism on top that when you press the top, it actually imprints a foam flower on the palm of your hand. Wow. And it's so cute. I think it was a Japanese brand. And so I purchased it and it took like a week to get here. And like every morning I just have a really nice time washing my hands because it's like this cute little flower pump. Does it work as well as they said? It does. It does. I know that normally we can get disappointed because, you know, it looks good online or whatever, but no, <laughs> it's amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll send you one. No, well, send me a picture of the flower. Okay, okay, okay. okay. You, you I'll, I'll send you a TikTok. <laughs> what, what are some of the big brands that I can find from Brainjolt on, like, on Instagram? Oh, for sure. So we have Bad Parenting Moments, which is a really funny one. It's just kind of like everyday parents in hilarious situations with okay. their kids or whatever. We have Happiness Heroes, which is kind of wholesome content, like cats and dogs and whatever. And and there, I mean, there are a whole slew of other ones now. Even on Snapchat, gosh, I hope I'm not misrepresenting this, but I think we have over 15 or 16 shows on Snapchat. And you're a Snapchat user, so I wonder if you've seen them, but some of them are like, one of our biggest ones are like I was today years old kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's like teaching things that you just learn or like life hacks or fit fam kind of things. Like they're really, really creative. We have a whole, a really cool team over there. The I say over there because I'm mainly with an offshoot now called mm-hmm. Blue Kazoo, which is um, premium jigsaw puzzles. But the team at Braindle is now over 50 people. And I think almost half of them are like really cool, fun, like video editors and super creative. It's nuts because when you're following an Instagram or Snapchat or whatever account, a lot of times you think that that's somebody who like st- started making a page, you know, but, and, and maybe it did start out that way, but it, they're usually like huge companies. Like mm. it's, it's a full on business. And is. Is, is there one person dedicated to each of these brands or do they have a few people? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, sometimes will ebb and flow depending on if people want to like com- contribute to different shows or be creative or if you're in a creative rut or whatever. But for the most part, there's like one to two people who are supporting each one. Cause if you think about it, it's a lot of content to, think of and there there are episodes so there's like a whole thing that you need to do ahead of time and edit and and source clips it's a big job yeah you're always looking for stuff um you're you're pulling clips hopefully getting permission and crediting the uh, the original content 100 percent. i have to say that's one of the things that brain is like really serious about like of course sometimes there are mistakes but like no that's like number one thing i I can't stand the freebooters they'll they'll steal your content they'll repost it they'll they'll put some lame title on there and then they don't give you credit for it no and and i mean that's illegal like that's not okay yeah right but they put something in like uh if you want credit just dm us and it's like it's no it's not about that like yeah it's just as easy to give the credit right off the bat or or ask first yeah and actually people you'd be surprised people are really cool about sharing online like if you just simply ask like hey we like your clip can we use it in our show most of the time people are like yeah that's awesome yeah sometimes they want to get paid for it and that's that's cool too because you know by then they've already been contacted by somebody and they get you got to license it out yes yeah and that that's fair but uh, yeah, de- definitely ask. <laughs> you know, I've got uh, two brothers that are making uh, content for Snapchat, like these shows. And I actually watched some some shows on Snapchat. My favorite one is one called uh, Phone Swap. Nice. Have you ever seen that one? No, I need to check it out. It's a, it's a basically a dating show where they, I don't know if they're like recruiting people on Craigslist or something, but they, they find two people, they get together, they get, <laughs> they get to chat. And then they're like, all right, well, trade phones. Oh. And so, you know, he goes off in the corner and he gets like five, 10 minutes to like look through her <laughs> phone and she gets to look through his. And they've got the phone hooked up to, you know, so you can see what, what his. 
was looking at. That's a and really good question. What would it's, it's cool. So, yeah. so, so I know what they all go through. They're like, well, let's go straight to his DMs. Who's he texting? Oh, I wouldn't do that. That's a good. Well, that's, that's what they do. They're like, Interesting. Well, let, let's, go, let's go to his Tinder and see who, what kind of people are messaging him. <laughs> Let me go through her photos and like, oh, she's got a lot of selfies. She's a little self-obsessed. Interesting. Okay. Question. Because I think like I had a very clear like thing in my brain on what I would do but it's sounding like that's not typical where would you go if you had someone's phone swap like where's the first place you would go if I only had a few minutes yeah uh, so uh, bank account info (laughs) you're like let me go straight to the city app I'm just kidding I'm not going to go to their uh, (laughs) I want to see if they're in debt no Um, like hi can I have your balance sheet please I mean you've got it full access you know theoretically no you should uh, I think that's smart that's a good that's a good start yeah, off the record, I'd, I might want to do that. I mean, uh, I would go straight. You know where I would go? Assuming there are photos. Tic- no, no. I would go straight to their TikTok account. Let me tell you why. I believe that the TikTok algorithm is the smartest one out of all the social media apps on the planet. Like, it knows you. The, yeah, so a lot of people will give TikTok a bad rap. They're like, oh, you know, how, how many, you know, dancing high school girls do you want to see? I don't get any of that. Exactly. My stuff is all, like, I'm not even exaggerating when I say it's like, uh, photography and like mm-hmm. Adobe Premiere, you know, tips and tricks. And like, we got my dad on TikTok. He gets like woodworking and like <laughs> DIY, you know, like construction stuff. There's like everything is out there. No, it's really, really good. And it what knows saying. what I want to see on my For You page. Exactly. It keeps me engaged. Exactly. And I don't, I don't think that photos or DMs or maybe even bank account, like those are really interesting things. But if I only had five minutes, I'm pretty sure I could tell more about what you're into and what you like from your TikTok feed. Like right now, mine is all about like therapy and like parenting and then also dancing videos because I like to learn how to dance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were making the dancing TikToks. <laughs> I was. It's so embarrassing, but uh, it's really fun. It's like a fun activity. Like take 20 minutes and learn it. I've, I've done a couple of them. I, you know, but I don't want to <laughs> post them because they're because I can't dance. You can send them to me. I'll, I'll give you hype. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you, you can, you can hype me up. Now you, you, you mentioned quickly uh, the offshoot of Brain Jolt called Blue Kazoo. Yeah. And you called it a premium jigsaw puzzle. Yes. What, what's premium about them? Oh, that's a good question. So it's, Really, really nice, first of all. I mean, I know that's a definition of premium, but uh-huh. the like we care about every detail. So the boxes are beautiful. They're kind of more minimalist. Have you ever seen like if you go to the store or whatever and you see jigsaw puzzles, they're a mess. They're kind of ugly. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean we've gotten jigsaw. It was early in the p- pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. my, my brother went to uh, like the Dollar Tree and just got some, and it's like sailboats and the water. It's like you know paintings and yeah, exactly. Like it's something like cool. It's fun. You can probably figure it out, but they're not like beautiful. You wouldn't want to stare at it. So the, what makes us premium is everything is nice. The box is nice. The the way it feels is nice. We even have a little bit of like gold foil on the logo, so it just looks beautiful. On the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean I'm. I'm I'm not sold on that. What, what else do you got? <laughs> so then at the on the inside, so there's this term in the puzzle industry called puzzle dust. Are you mm. aware of this? No. no. Okay. I'm, I'm not in the puzzle industry. So, all, all right, I have right, to be right. honest. All right. I'll, I'll teach you a few things. So okay. the more puzzle dust that there is, the lower quality of the puzzle. Like, you don't like the way that you have, we call it a puzzle knife. And the way that the like knife mechanism works, if it's not clean and sharp, then you have just a bunch of gross like cardboard dust and it gets all over your house and it's disgusting. You don't need that in your life. So we have no puzzle dust. <laughs> Are you talking about like obviously the the puzzle is printed on like a, a card stock you know yes. big thing and then there's like a razor blade stamp yes. that, that, that cuts it into the pieces correct so so that's just got to be like a good like a sharp yeah. 
yeah. firm. Yes, yes. It's got to okay. be like super high quality, premium. Premium. So there's no puzzle dust. And then even the way that the pieces interlock is really important. So we have this thing called the pickup test. I don't know if you've ever tried this or maybe your brothers have. But when you pick up our puzzles after they've been assembled, it they falls apart. No, not right? ours. Really? Not ours. We, so, we so have you a, can actually like pick it up and like put it in a frame yes. and everything? Yeah, you can pick it up. You can kind of jiggle it a little bit. You know, you can't you can't be super reckless. But yeah, you can pick it up and it won't explode on you. And it's easy to frame and they're beautiful. And even the images. So we have kind of a mix. Um, we have some images that are created like drawings and things, but they're really tasteful. And then we have like just regular like NASA images. One of our best sellers is the Earth series. And that's the Earth, the Sun and the Moon. And they're just really beautiful. You're gonna want to put it together and like put it up in your space. I feel like if I saw a puzzle of either the Earth, the <laughs> Sun or the Moon, it's like a big yeah. circle and it's like that's a lot of white to put together. Like that would be really hard. So when you actually and just a heads up, are those specific series are actually circular puzzles. Oh, yeah, that's kind of neat. It is very neat. So like with round edges. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's actually a different experience because the edge pieces are actually a little bit more. It's actually a little bit more difficult of a puzzle. I wouldn't say it's beginner. I spent. okay, confession time. I'm not a big puzzler, (laughs) but Uh, don't let your bosses hear that. uh, Well, they know. But I not spend, even 3D puzzles like Rubik's cube or anything. Nah, man, nah. Mm-hmm. Like I like I like people puzzles and like you know business puzzles. But anyway, that's for another podcast. Okay. But no, like I spent like two hours trying to put together the Earth series, and it even I got two pieces together. That was it. And I was like, you know what, I, I, this isn't this isn't for me. I had to put it away. That's but it's not very impressive <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm a slow puzzler, but no, they're 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 we have some rectangular ones that are really nice and some round ones. Okay, so mm-hmm. so you were mentioning like you know beautiful uh, pictures and images on them. I know that you and I met because of your photography skills. Yeah. Do you still enjoy shooting photos? I do, but I really don't get the chance that often anymore. But I've kind of gone into droning more. Droning's I would fun. Say. I, I was droning. I think you and I had the same model drone. Yes. I had the Mavic Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Which I crashed at a bat mitzvah a couple months ago. Oh, man. And I broke the gimbal, and I don't know if I can fix it or get a new one. Oh, no. I, a similar thing happened. I ended up getting a new one, too. I crashed it off of a hotel balcony in Sri Lanka. <laughs> there was a lot of metal, like, in oh, the building. No. And it just, and it was giving me warnings. Honestly, it was my fault. It was like, maybe don't fly. And of I was like. Of course, it's your fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But I was like, no, I'm going to still try it. And then it crashed and it was it was a mess. But no, I love I love droning actually more these days and making like three minute music videos. Like if you go somewhere cool and yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I should get back to photography, actually. Andrew, wh- which mm. drone did you get to replace it? The Mavic Pro 2. Yeah. OK. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's yeah, beautiful. I, I saw one at Costco recently for like 500 bucks. It's like the mini 2, which looks cool, but. Uh, a, f- a friend of mine who does professional drone photography says, no, you want to get the Air 2 Mini. And that's mm. like 2000 bucks. So it's like, do I want to do that? I'm just going to crash it again. I so. know. I mean, that's, well, you can set up the safety cards and things like that, you know, like. Yeah, and well, probably get the warranty this time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't last time. So you, you said that you were droning in Sri Lanka. Yeah. You do a lot of traveling? I do. I mean, I try to. It's been kind of crazy well, with the, last, the pandemic. The last two years, obviously. yeah, I don't count. But yeah, before that? Yeah, before. So most recently, uh, went to Miami for Art Basel. I don't know if you're... Uh, so Art Basel is a international art show. Art and, Basel is mm-hmm. the name of this thing? Art okay. Basel, B-A-S-E-L. 
And uh-huh. I think it was, I think it was uh, started in Basel, Switzerland, I want to say, but they do have an arm in Miami and it's actually really amazing. They represent over 40,000 international artists and it's done really well. It's in this massive convention center in Miami, but this year, this was in December. So just like a couple months ago and they had their first ever NFT Basel for one day that kind of kicked off the normal traditional art Basel for the week. This wasn't something that you went to for work. You like No, this was for work, but it's like work is play at this point, so, you know. So, so work sent you to Art Basel. Yeah. And I, and you hung out at the NFT Basel. Yes. To open it up. And so now are you like an NFT expert? Okay. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'm really obsessed with the whole like space. I love learning about it. I've been like knee deep in crypto Twitter and NFT Twitter. I did buy my first two I'll call them real NFTs in the past couple weeks, actually. And it's been really fun. I love art and I love this like whole new space with the digital component and kind of how insanely hypey everyone is. I don't know if you've ever dipped into crypto Twitter, but it's it's a it's a whole vibe. Let's pretend for a second that you were talking to someone that doesn't know what the heck an NFT is. How how would you briefly explain that? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I would say the easiest way to understand it is kind of just digital proof of owning artwork. So you might go to a regular art show and you have a painting and then you just somehow kind of know that it's by the original artist. But an NFT in this current space is just a digital proof of ownership. That's really it. Okay, because the weird thing about digital anything is that (laughs) if I take a photo or make a drawing or make music or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, I can send it to you and now you, the the bits and bytes that you have is exactly the same as mine. And you can send it to 50,000 people and they can send it yep. to 100 million people. And it's the exact same thing. Yes. So it's, it's hard to, to say, well, I'm the one that owns that. But as I understood NFTs, I was trying to like research it. And it was like some kind of like bit of data that's like unique. Yes. And like you're owning that chunk of data and the graphic or whatever is assigned to it is almost like just a a pretty way yeah. to, to say that you own this part of the internet. Yeah. So I guess the, the best yeah. thing that helped me kind of like settle it in my brain is that the JPEG or what you're talking about or the piece of music or whatever it is, the art or whatever creation that you're sharing is mm-hmm. actually separate from the token, the NFT non-fungible token that proves your ownership. So I would actually, I would analogize it with having a car versus having a deed or whatever the proper term is for a car, you know, pink slip, pink slip. Yes, yes, yes. So like the NFT is a digital pink slip, but that's not necessarily like attached to the car. Like someone else can drive your car and someone else can, I don't know. There's also, I don't know what kind of car you drive, but I drive a Kia Sportage. There's also like, I don't know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of other brown Kia Sportages in the world, but I have the pink slip for mine. There's something specific about it. So an NFT is almost like that digital proof of it. Yeah, but the difference is if if I saw, if I was like, hey, you have a really cute car, <laughs> you, you can't just be like, oh, you know what? Let me make you a copy. <laughs> that's there. true. I, that's I, true. I just airdropped it to you. I know. It's not a perfect analogy, I guess, but yeah, but it's fascinating to me. And I remember learning that the way that, I mean, blockchain in general, I am not a coder. I don't have a computer science background. But you I'm, understand blockchain. Not really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Like I understand what it's doing. I don't really necessarily understand why it works other than it's just a series of math, like math backed computations. And that 
it's really powerful and that there's a network and that it allows to be completely decentralized. Nobody yeah, that's the, the important thing. Yeah. Yes, there's not one big server that's saying, Correct. here's who owns everything. And if that goes down or yes. if that gets hacked, you're, you know, you're screwed. Yeah. So, so with blockchain, if, if something happens, it's it's reflected everywhere and it just has to make sense and yes. checks and balances and all that stuff, which is, is part of like the next version of the internet, which is like we're all going to be using blockchain yes. stuff and money, which is, you know, the big thing of crypto too, yeah. w- which I also don't understand. I want to get into it because there's like this big dip, which... Uh-huh. Hopefully, is a dip and then it goes back up. Yeah. But but who knows? It could be stuff always drops before it collapses too. Absolutely, and on it, I'd love to talk more about that too because again, I'm just learning. We're all and honestly, everyone is new to this, and even the supposed experts will still tell you that they're also new to this. And I, I oh, really the whole thing is new. Yes, and I love that. It feels very welcoming. It feels possible to learn. Right. It, it almost feels like an even playing field. Yes. You know because we're, we we yes. can all get in. I mean, not really on the ground floor because if we got into it a year ago or 10 years ago sure we'd be doing a lot better and i'm always like well is now a good time you know like yeah uh bitcoin dropped to like thirty-eight thousand bucks and then it's like 35 mm-hmm. it's like do i wait for it to drop to 32 or is it gonna <laughs> hit a, a hundred thousand again like you know yeah. you don't know and and nobody knows and again like none of this is financial advice by the way like you know disclaimer but mm-hmm. i think the i think the best way to do it is a couple things. Number one, don't really have any expectations. So it's kind of like gambling. You go to Vegas, like set your budget, know that if you lose it all, that you're okay. You don't want to be ruined. That's one thing. The second thing is to dollar cost average it out. So instead of like in your case, maybe going all in on the supposed dip, like, I don't know, maybe do a portion, uh, maybe every month or set aside a little crypto budget, or maybe chop that up into even weeks because it's so volatile. So you'll catch some of it on the downside you might catch some of it on the upside but over time you'll you'll be kind of going in so you won't I think that will help minimize the risk. But again, maybe I like, just tried doing that with my Facebook stock. It dropped thirty five percent in the last like yeah. you know a uh, couple of weeks, and so I bought more, and then it dropped again, and I'm like, oh, no. it's it's nerve wracking when, when you're watching that stuff every day. Yeah. So I try I try not to because some days it's way up, some days it's way down. Yeah. Um. So stocks, you know, I've been doing for I guess seventeen, eighteen years now. So that kind of makes sense to me. Crypto, I still don't fully understand. There's like a hundred different ones too, and so <laughs> yeah. like. Do you want to take a chance on Doge and, you know, the ones that like the, the smaller ones? Or do you want to just go for the Bitcoin yeah. that's tried and true? Do you want to go to uh, what are the other ones? Just uh, Cardano, Cardano is like yep. yeah, also very established. Solana is becoming really interesting, too, because a big part of like NFTs and also what I'm really enjoying about this is the cultural implication. So because NFTs with art are getting so big, the problems are becoming more apparent. So it's mostly on the Ethereum blockchain. But Ethereum is really expensive in terms of transaction fees, but Solana can actually solve that. So now Solana is all of a sudden kind of looking kind of interesting because if they can do the same thing as Ethereum and hold these NFTs, it can become even more accessible to everyone. So, see, see I want to. What do you use to buy all your crypto stuff? So which I, yeah, I use Coinbase. Coinbase. Okay, yeah. I just signed up for a Coinbase Pro account, which yeah. supposedly is better for the fees, but I haven't bought anything because I'm, I'm scared and I don't understand it. And I, I got an app for NFTs also, and I put like a couple hundred bucks in there, mm-hmm. but I didn't buy anything yet because I don't know what, what the hell is going on. Like I get these notifications that there's like Marvel and like Star Wars NFTs uh-huh. and some people have gotten really lucky where you can buy it for 60 bucks and then flip it and sell it for 600 bucks like right. an hour later. Right. And I'm like, do I want to get in on those or like, 
Do you, do you buy and hold your NFTs? Or? So I might, yeah, I'm, I currently, I like the idea of buying and holding. So, and honestly, all of this I have learned either from a couple friends or even just Twitter. I cannot, I, I feel like every time I go onto Twitter, I'm like taking a university class. Like my entire feed talks about it and about the stories of some of these projects. But for me, and this is just a very personal approach, I I really love the idea of buying something and flipping it. I think that sounds exciting. I also think that I personally right now don't have the time or energy to be full in on that. And it can be really stressful. I remember back in college, I was trying to like game the stock market and I just became obsessed. I didn't like eat or sleep. I just yeah, was like being Red a day Bull. trader yeah. is, is so, stressful. Yeah. So, so personally, I wouldn't recommend that for NFTs just because it sounds really stressful, but I like the story. So I'll explain maybe one of my yeah, NFT yeah. experiences. Yeah. So there's this one project. There's this, um, I think she's 13 now. Her name is Nyla Hayes. And she was really inspired by powerful women all around the world. And her favorite dinosaur is a brontosaurus. So she has this whole project of these really cute, like, lady caricatures with really long necks and the name of her art collection is long necky ladies and i just thought that was really cute and cool did a kid make these a kid made yeah she's like 13 is she like a billionaire now from selling MS mfts or what basically yeah like did so I say mft it's nft nft that like, close enough <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, yeah they're mom fungible tokens yeah See, mom, that's a cool thing i think it's cool because Copyright i mean that. especially like that yeah there you go mfts yeah let's start a mom <laughs> a mom group but no i think she's she's just seems really cool and i like her story and of course i'm sure her parents are helping out but what i really i was following it for a little bit and you kind of see the trends and the stories and like one celebrity might discover it and be like kind of tweet about it. And so I was thinking at that time, this is a little pricey, don't get me wrong, but I was like, I told myself if I buy an NFT, will I be fine if it completely goes down to zero and nothing happens? And my answer was, yeah, I like the artwork. I like the story. I like that a 13 year old in the world is making money off of this, setting herself up for a future. But then also I was kind of, it's a little bit like hedging my bets because even like three days later, I think Ava Longoria bought one and posted about it on Twitter. So you can kind of see the value creeping up and it's kind of a fun game, but you have to, I mean, at least my approach is I have to remind myself that I, I can be ready to lose it all and not feel bad about it. Right. I mean, it's, I think just like with gambling, you don't want to like mortgage your house and put it right. all into NFTs. You know, I did see something that said that, um, what was the statistic? Something about like, you know, 80% of people under 30 have like, you know, most of their net worth and NFTs or oh, something ridiculous. Man. I don't know if that's exactly, but it's something crazy like that. Cause like kids understand this stuff. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I believe that. And the reason is because it's right now, especially so easy to have a lot of net worth. So let me tell you a quick story about some value creation. And this kind of cemented it for me, how wild this whole world is. There's this really cool group. They're calling themselves at my BFF on Twitter. And the website is my BFF dot X, Y, Z. And the whole purpose around it is it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but the two main leaders that I know are Britt Moran. She has a company called Brit and co. And then, 
okay, uh, it'll be fun to research later because they're really, really cool women. The other one is Jamie Schmidt, who had her own organics company. She bootstrapped it to $100 million and ended up selling to Unilever. And now she is in the space helping other makers and creators and now NFTs. So they realized that the crypto space right now is like 80% male. So they're like, we want to change this. We want to, yeah. Yeah, they're like, we want to onboard women and non-binary folks and... Get in now. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let it be a male-dominated Exactly. Industry. So they did an amazing job. And I was just kind of curious how the marketing was going to go around this. And like, how are they helping onboard? Because it's confusing. Like you said, even... Coinbase is hard to do. I had my friend Josh, he, he's the co-founder of Blue Kazoo. He pretty much like held my hand and onboarded me. Like I couldn't have figured it out myself. So it's really important to have someone who's helping you learn these things because it's scary. You're signing up for things that are brand new tools. You don't know if you're getting scammed, Yeah, you know? And so what I love about this, my BFF is it's the two of them plus a, a bevy of, you know, really popular celebrities like even Mila Kunis, Gwyneth Paltrow, et cetera. There's a whole, it's like this powerhouse of, of women and non-binary folks. And they hosted this live YouTube stream event over, when I was on there, over 5,300 people were on live at the same time. And they just did a very nice, thoughtful walkthrough. Like, what's an NFT? Like, what are the implications? And it was just really fun and engaging. And over 90% of that audience were identified as women. And so in a matter of two hours, they basically onboarded almost 5,000 brand new people that are predominantly women. But here's the here's the amazing part of this, okay? I'm surprised, by the way, what you're saying. I th- I feel like if you would have told people that Mila Kunis was doing a YouTube thing, right? A lot of guys would have watched. I would have. Well, yeah, I, and I think about yeah, the 10 percent of the audience were, and I think it's I think it's nice to be inclusive anyway. But yeah, like you totally could have, and I think the live stream might still be up. So if, I thought it was a really nice walk in. So anyway, I definitely recommend it. But here is the craziest part. They were kind of saying that at the end of this, we're gonna have a valuable gift, stick around, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, huh, interesting. Like, I wonder what they're going to do. And what they ended up doing, I'll kind of shortcut this story, is they had an NFT that they airdropped to everyone who successfully did set up a wallet and an OpenSea account. You can do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can airdrop NFTs? Yeah, yes. I'll, I'll, I Someday I'll have to show you because I want to onboard you now. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I, I want to get in with whatever app that is yeah. that, I, that I have, you know, but like for me, like spending 60 bucks on something was like, it was a really scary thing. I know. Now, when you mentioned your, your long neck ladies and you're like, it was kind of pricey. Is it, was it more than that? Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> a lot more? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, the crazy part is it's all in terms of ETH or Ethereum, right? And so the currency is just insane. Like one ETH is... I mean, I know it's super volatile, but what is it, like 3500 or something today? Like, I don't know. I was scared to buy <laughs> Ethereum, so I bought uh, an ETF yeah. of, <laughs> that's smart. of crypto. Eh. No, that's really smart. It, yeah, but it didn't index a bunch of uh, cryptos. I, I got three of them. I got uh, I got a Bitcoin ETF, a um, Ethereum yeah. ETF, and Litecoin. And Litecoin took a shit, and yeah. now it's like, <laughs> it, like literally it's down like 96% yeah. from where I bought it. Like. 
so that one it, it's, I get it. screwed any gains on the other ones. I, I get it, but but think about it. That was really smart. I mean, imagine you thinking, okay, I'm gonna you know go all in on your Litecoin, and then it's like zero. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually a really great. And considering how hesitant you are, I still think it's pretty cool and brave. So anyway, just trying is interesting. But well, I want to get more into it because yeah. it's, you know I, I do think that there's something in the future. Yeah. Like I saw that. Um, you know, we were talking about you know Facebook and, and Meta. You see that uh, Meta had a, uh, a crypto, like Zuckerberg came up with one, mm-hmm. and it's not really taken off because yeah. it's tied to the U.S. dollar, which is like defeats the whole purpose, right? Well, I, okay, so but I actually think it could be, and I don't know a lot, so I'm just kind of speculating, but I think it could be a little bit cultural because there's this whole thing about Web two versus Web three. Web three is a new one. Yeah, and and Facebook and Meta are so tied to the Web two culture that everyone kind of like dumps on Zuckerberg and Facebook because if you think about it, the whole point of Web two is centralization. So it's like Facebook, Google, like all these mon- like like right. huge monster companies, but Web three is completely decentralized. So like I was actually finding at NFT Basel that that event I mentioned earlier that almost every speaker kind of had some sort of dissenting opinion about Zuckerberg and finance, which is tough. You know, I think I think it's interesting. Everyone has pros and cons, so it's, don't get me wrong. It's still here for a while, and yeah. I'm still heavily invested in Apple right. and Google and Facebook and all of that. But yes, yeah, so, so just so so we're, we're we're clear for everything. I think so. Web one was like the early days of the internet, where mm-hmm. anybody could have a website. I had you know a, a few different websites, and if you wanted to find something, you had to submit your website to different search engines and just like everything. Remember GeoCities? Yeah, I had <laughs> GeoCities and you know like Tripod and all that stuff. Web two is where everything's in one place. So instead of everyone having their own. Uh, website for their different organizations and businesses. Mm-hmm. We have Facebook pages that you do your business on, and you know everyone. Everyone's on Facebook. Yes. Everyone's on Instagram. But there's only like if you want to look somebody up, there's like what four or five places you'd go to right. to like search for them. You you know right. check out their LinkedIn, check mm-hmm. out their Facebook or whatever. So Web three is like we're all over the place again, right? Yeah, like, like I I. I know that Web3 in terms of definition can be a little loose, but I I view it in terms of decentralization. So, yeah, like there's not one governing body that can take your data and do things with it. Right. So so no censorship. Basically. Yeah. And everything's public. Nobody can block you. So so if you wanted to have uh, OnlyFans or something, they can't shut you down and say, uh, you know, no, we don't accept this type of content. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the barriers to entry, I mean, again, everything has pros and cons. So who knows what this is going to result in. But like the barrier to entry is a lot less. Although I would say just knowing what you're doing in Web3 is kind of a barrier to entry in and of itself because it can be confusing and there's a whole new set of terms and stuff. But eventually it'll work its way into our like day to day, you know. I think so. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's one of those things where it's coming whether we like it or not. Yeah. And we just need to kind of stay tuned. And I, I would like to be on the cutting edge of it. But I, but I want to say that I would say and I would recommend that the best way is to just be curious and sign up for a lot of these free events. Because like if I'm like if I'm going to land the plane with the my BFF like wealth creation out of seemingly nothing, they airdropped this NFT. It was just a JPEG of a cute like digital friendship bracelet. It was cute, like had the logos and whatever. I didn't, the next day I woke up to like three or four offers on my OpenSea account for that NFT, upwards of like $900, $1,000, like this is like 0.5 ETH, but I could. You held on to it, didn't you? I held on to it because I'm just so curious, like, where is this going to go? I think, I mean, again, for me, I could have sold it 
And that's real money in my bank account. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I attended a free event. I got this thing and I totally like, yeah, I'd probably pay 30% capital gains on it. However, that will work out in, during tax time. But still, that's a thousand bucks that I didn't have before. Like, that's insane. But yeah, you're right. Like, I want to hang on to it because now there's this community. I believe in the leaders. I'm curious what kind of events they're going to host and it'll or what kind of access that I might have or learnings. And having this NFT is kind of like some sort of exclusivity that out of nowhere in the matter of 24 hours, somebody valued at almost a thousand dollars, like it might all go to zero, who knows, but it might actually lead to like long-term community. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. It, it sounds awesome. Yeah. And but, so but that's what I recommend. Like I would love for you to even try like, you know what I might want to do though. Yeah. So when it comes to buying, I do, I use the example of the R2D too, because it's like, for some reason that was like a really popular <laughs> NFT, uh -huh. maybe buy two of them. One okay. of them, one of them hold on to the other one, flip it. Yes. So that way you don't regret Yes. Either one. That's really smart. I actually know a few people that do that. And I think that's a really smart way. Like, just test it. Have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, try not to don't obviously don't overcommit. Don't bet the farm kind of things. But like, yeah, have fun with it. I used to do that with stocks. Like, nice. once it doubles, you can sell half of it. And that way you, you broke even. Yeah. If it goes to zero, you know, at least you didn't yeah. lose anything. And if it goes way up, you know, I guess you'll you'll gain half as much as you would have. But right. at least, you know, you, you <laughs> mitigated your risk. That's cool. So cool. Well, we've touched on so much stuff yeah, from, yeah. from photography to uh, NFTs and puzzles and social media and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's always fun talking to you. And I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, thank and, you and so talking. much. So this is Emily Adele. She's all over social media. You, you could look her up. I'm not going to, uh, unless you want to give your, <laughs> your, your social stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's kind of a mess. But yeah, just look for me, Emily Adele, A-D-E-L, and you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, I have, this is probably uh, a long one, but, uh, but that's cool. Uh, this is the Exploring Podcast. We're all over the place on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever. Uh, if you like it, please give it a five-star review. Tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks Yay. for listening. Thank you, Corin. Thank you.